Hello everyone, welcome back to Inspector Goals, the podcast where we try to improve our FPL play through a more analytical approach. I'm joined this week by Ben Krellin. How are you doing, Ben? I'm doing okay, thanks. Off the back of a, a bad game week and I think I've just got a simple decision to make this week with my transfer, but how are you doing, Sam? I'm doing okay. That was a big sigh before you said I'm doing okay, <laughs> which probably is telling yeah. of the kind of game week you've had. Yeah. Yeah. I've um yeah I was probably one of the few people who had a good game week. Um, I got forty one somehow, um, which is basically because I yeah still own Fernandez, um, but it is it is one of those game weeks. Although it was overall awful, and it's very easy for me to say as someone who's actually done quite well this game week. Although it was overall awful, if you did badly, thankfully there wasn't too much ground lost on people. Um, you know the players you didn't own, very few of them um, scored highly as well, which I guess is a uh, a bonus. I looked at your team, Ben. You got twenty. Um, but even that, like, I mean, your only player who returned is Mbomo, but even a score of 20, you probably only lost, like, 10 points on the field, um, something like that. So I guess, it, like, you can look at it positively in that sense, in that whoever, yeah, did poorly, it could have been, yeah, punished far more if those other players did return. Just a bit of a freak game week, I guess. Yeah, a, a really, it feels like a really bad game week, but the, the amount you're going backwards is way less than the amount you go forwards on a really good game week. Like, yeah, I've only just dropped back. I've just undone the green arrow that I got in game week 10, basically, and gone back to around 600k. But, um, yeah, this is yeah. the worst I've been do- ever been doing at this point during the season. But it is a bigger field, and, mm. yeah, I'm a bit worried about getting into the top 10k at the end, by the end of the season just because of the, the lack of blanks and double game weeks later. But I just got to not panic. Sometimes I have negative thoughts when I, after a bad game week about my, my season overall, but... I just got to keep my head down and, and make simple, good decisions, and there'll be yeah. better game weeks to come, and it'll, it'll be fine. Yeah. Also, even though like overall it's lower than you've ever been, your rank is is it about five hundred k or something like that. Like actually, if you compare that 590, to five ninety, five ninety. Yeah. yeah, that actually, if you compare that to the average of a lot of people who are engaged on Twitter or even amongst analytics players, for example, it's probably about average to be honest. So like relative to yeah, the field, just looking. Yeah, yeah in the league the that I'm in with you guys, Dan, I'm way behind you and, and Luke <laughs> and and uh, Seb. You're all flying ahead. Yeah, we've um, yeah, the three of us. Well, yeah, I, even I include you in it. I genuinely think about 500k at this stage for this season specifically is like actually fine. Yeah, I think your rag is absolutely fine. And yeah, me, Luke, and Ben are yeah all around the top 100k somewhere. I think Ben, I think uh, Luke, sorry, like 43k or something. He's had an amazing start. But yeah, as you said, like it will be because of the less doubles it doesn't mean there's less opportunity to catch more casual managers so to speak towards the end but still the fact that in general more engaged managers are doing poorly is also a a positive as well because you've got less of them to catch um, in terms of your rank as well um yeah and i guess like general thoughts on game week 11 are that when i was thinking about it is apart from the obvious of it, it was an absolute disaster is it's quite it's been quite an interesting week in terms of what's happened since or during it just with Saka potentially being injured and Ketia potentially being injured, Cash having a knock but now probably being okay. But some people thinking, oh, maybe maybe we should be selling him now anyway. Uh, Stupinan suddenly out of nowhere is back. Eze played 30 minutes for the first time in ages and now Madison injured. So actually, quite a lot has happened during the game week or since, which uh, yeah makes it more interesting. And I guess. the Spurs, the Spurs, the biggest like shift in the Premier League is like the Spurs centre backs both being out. Yeah, and plus Madison. But like mm. and a doggy being banned, like Spurs maybe were like an average defense, a bit below average defense, even with them. 
Mm. And now they'll be quite an easy defence to play against. And I have a decision on like whether to play Pedro Polo this week or Simikas. And yeah, yeah. I see yeah. that Simikas is, is starting for Liverpool. People and people can interpret that, interpret that however they want. But like ideally, he'd play, he'd play like 60, 70 minutes, then get taken mm. off. And yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, that's one of the wildest games of football I've ever watched. I made like a list of everything that happened in the first half. And it was like, <laughs> it's about 15 items long. Just the amount of VAR checks, potential red cards, actual red cards, potential penalties, actual penalties, actual goals, disallowed goals. Like it was just absolutely mad. I just, yeah, I really enjoyed just watching it as a football match, to be honest. And um, yeah, and you're right. In terms of like so often when one play, well, I guess a similar thing's happening with Newcastle, right? So they're quite an interesting interesting teams to compare because I heard a lot of people say that you know Newcastle defend so much from midfield and from the front that actually just losing Botman when it was just him like long term maybe isn't a huge deal now it's Burn as well whereas like it's a huge deal for Spurs like losing three of your four main centre-backs like there's just no escaping the fact that that makes them a significantly worse defence do you think do you think it is similar with Newcastle or with it just being two of them do you think it's not as uh, to the same extent it's it's i think it's worse for tottenham because i think they they played with a really high line against chelsea but i think they play with a quite high line most of the time anyway and they get away with that because of mm. van der ven being like the fastest center back in the league and he can cover cover back yeah. and and clean up and without him it, it falls apart and then romero is a great center back as well and I just think they'll be they'll really suffer now with without without the, those two players and Newcastle are more of a unit. Lascelles has done quite well filling in. I've still got share, and we lose we lose Burns height, which is a worry. But like we did sign two two um fullbacks in the summer, and people questioned why we'd spent the money on them. But Livermento has been pretty good, especially defensively, um since he since he's come in, and I'd be confident mm. that he'd do well. He's just not as good in the air as as Burn. And do you think? Uh... Is it Lewis Hall? Is that right? The right name? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it, do, do you think he will play Premier League minutes? Yeah, I think Livermento will probably play more and get more starts, but Lewis Hall should get the odd start as well because he's naturally left-footed and it allows Trippier to play on on the right and make the overlapping runs and get the crosses in. You can't mm-hmm. really do the overlapping runs and put crosses in on your left foot if you're right footed as, as well. So, yeah, there'll be some games when, when Hall, Hall starts, I think. So I'm not sure about Livermento. But Newcastle's fixtures are kind of poor at the minute, like a bit average, aren't they? They've, they've got this great fixture this weekend, but then, I don't know, it's hard to say. Chelsea at home, Man United at home. But you could like assess what happens in those in those games. And then there's some great fixtures coming up, a little, a little run in 17 mm-hmm. to 19 when... Hopefully you'll have an idea of who's the more nailed, and you can you could transfer in Livermento then if he's if he seems nailed. The thing that's tricky there, though, I've just got up the graphic of the um, yeah uh, of the fixtures, including the midweek games, and just it's just so unpredictable, isn't it? Because either side of Chelsea, Man United, they've got PSG, but then not only that, but after Man United, the Everton games are then midweek. So yeah, it, <laughs> I just in general, like I mean, lineups are going to be more difficult to call now, aren't they? But that PSG game is now absolutely massive. For, it was already big; it's a Champions League game, but they, they they just have to win that to have any chance of going through or even getting to the even finishing third is a big deal, isn't it? To get in the Europa League, so yeah, I mean, it's un, 
undoubtedly we we will see some rotation of Chelsea and United players there. But I, I guess no one's really considering transferring in a Newcastle player now, are they? It's more just whether no whether any of them are transfers out short term. Yeah, the short term people might be thinking of jumping on Gordon this week because he's playing up mm. front against Bournemouth. But I'm I'm not thinking about that. Like, mm. yeah, just just wait and see what happens. Yes. But yeah. Yes. There's Newcastle playing every mid every midweek and don't really get a week off in, until January, so mm. there'll be rotation definitely. I don't think Livermento or Hall could start every game. No. 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 Absolutely. And um, yeah, I guess as soon as we've got this fixture ticket here. Um, yeah, the two, when I when I looked at this, the kind of the two things, two things that stood out to me in terms of Premier League fixtures were uh, Villa and Spurs, just because their um, teams were a lot of people own assets from their from those teams, but we see like a bit of a swing with Villa playing Man City and Arsenal in game week in fifteen and sixteen, and then Spurs um, from game week fourteen, their fixtures get worse. They play City, then West Ham, then Newcastle. Um, do you, can you, who, who do you have from those teams at the moment, and do you? Do you see yourself selling any of them? I have Watkins, Cash, um, Son and Pedro Porro. Um, I think I'm keeping Son and Watkins until game week 18. It, lo- it looks like I'll be doing that. Just have good yeah. fixtures then, assuming I'm not free hitting. And I guess I'll sell one of the defenders, either Cash or Porro, fairly soon. Like, we might talk about it later, but whether you can hold these like mid-priced defenders through their tough fixtures kind of depends on the strength of your rest, the rest of your defenders and whether you can get good starting 11s out if, you, if you're going to bench, say, um, Polo when playing Man City away or or when you, if you bench Cash in game week 13 and 15, or do you need to sell them in order to, to have a, a decent 11 each week? Yeah, 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 definitely. And I, th- I think even in game week, Sorry, yeah, you mentioned thirteen against against Spurs, but yeah, fifteen and sixteen. Like, I'm getting cash on my bench in thirteen, um, yeah, as well as fifteen and sixteen. So that does, does make me wonder, like, if I'm gonna sell a defender, maybe I'll just sell him now. But yeah, one of the key things is worries about rotation of other defenders. Like, I'm potentially bringing in Gabriel. Plus, I also already own Simicas, and there's some uncertainty there about. Uh, yeah, rotation potentially for either of those two. So I'm just not sure if now's the time I want to bring in a player. Um, sorry, take out a player um, who plays minutes basically. <laughs> to, so so I'm not yeah, yeah. To, so so I'm not relying on Kabori essentially. So yeah, I, I think like in general like now this is when we usually think of it around Christmas time, don't we? But I think I think even now is when rotation becomes um, yeah way more likely and will only increase up until the new year. Um, and with yeah, if, if from my opinion, because I know I'm definitely not free hitting in eighteen, that really puts me off. Um, that really puts me off uh, buying, or sorry, puts me off selling cash, and and makes it just obvious that I keep Watkins this whole time. Although that would probably be the case, um, anyway, because they play Sheffield United that week, and I know that's a week where, um, uh, I'll need to just prioritise my transfers elsewhere, and I'll be thankful of having players who play Sheffield United that week, um, as well. Um, but I don't know, yeah. But it's definitely an interesting one. And the other team that stood out to me were were Brighton for similar reason of what we've just discussed around Newcastle with regards to potential rotation there with the uh, with the mid- midweek games as well. Um, yeah, we've had an interesting quote about a Stupinan as well, who's potentially back soon. Did you want to read that quote, Ben? Did you write it down? Uh, yeah, I've got it here in one other tab. It said, 
he will be on the bench. This is for, for tonight's match, which I think he is. They're, they've just kicked off, haven't they? Mm. Um, and they, Deserby then said, maybe he can play a part t- tonight, but I won't take a risk with him as we need him for an important game on Sunday. And we don't have many solutions in that position. Um, and then looking at Estupinian's minutes before the injury, he played 90 minutes in, in every game from game week one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, up to the EFL Cup third round. He even played 90 minutes in that game. He was no, no games on the bench, just 90 minutes. How many games in a row? Like 10 games in a row, nine yeah, games yeah. in a row. And then he got he got the injury against Aston Villa. So he looks more nailed on this year. Like if he can get back from his injury okay and, and not be at risk of like re-injuring, re-injuring himself, you'd think he'd be playing 90 minutes. He'd be pretty nailed on, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's more, it's more just how tentative they are with regards to, yeah, how how um, gradually they bring him back, bring him back. But the, the the key thing is that he's not been out for a really really long period of time. You know, months. He's been he's been out for weeks or maybe about a month, something like that. So in terms of regaining match fitness, that will happen pretty quickly. So often with these players, when they've been out for a few months, it's not just that they're nervous of them aggravating the injury again. It's that they physically need to get up to match sharpness and match fitness, which just can't be replicated in training. But with the amount of time he's been um, out for, like I wouldn't be that surprised if he's thrown straight into the starting eleven on Sunday, um, for example, or Saturday. And so maybe race. subbed off early. Yeah. Maybe subbed yeah. off early this week. But then you've got the international break, um, where he plays. I don't know if he's been called up for Ecuador, but they play on Thursday night and then Tuesday night. So mm. maybe he'll get some sharpness then and and be good to go from after the international break. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure fixtures stay, stay pretty good, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In general, in general, they pros they stay pretty good. And is one I'm considering as well because I, um, I'm selling Sterling this week and we'll be buying Matoma, Gross, or Eze. So I'm trying to decide whether I think that Matoma or Gross are at risk of being rotated. But I, I do think with particularly with Matoma, I think he's got the higher X mins, although not the penalties. That he's just so he's just so important to him that they'll just find a way to play him really regularly. Um, but the, on the other hand, I keep thinking, oh, Deserby is just incredibly unpredictable as a manager and can just bench anyone anytime. So, yeah, I'm in two minds about that. And I've got the contrasting thing with Eze in comparison to what I just discussed with the Stupinan, where he actually has been out for a really long time. He played 30 minutes last weekend, but, he's, you know, he's not just going to go straight in and play 90 minutes this weekend. So I'd be nervous of, like, that he plays, like, 55 minutes or something. Um, so I, I'm I'm... Yeah, I'm very tempted to just go with Matoma and attack that Sheffield United fixture um, for that reason. But it's tricky because I prefer Eze more long term. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, this is definitely where the, this kind of fixture ticker needs to be considered with the midweek games now anyway. We're reaching that point um, in the season. And I think the situation as well with with Brighton is like in, in terms of where they are, I think they're third in their group. Let me have a quick look. Um, yeah, well, second because they've just kicked off. But they're, you know, they're, there's no guarantee they'll qualify through their group. So again, their, their matches are really important, similar, similarly to Newcastle, whereas it's a very different situation with uh, West Ham, for example, or Liverpool, who probably after this, after next week, for example, will be able to just rest players in Europe um, if people are in Bowen and, and people like that. So yeah, it's certainly an interesting one. Um, I'll just switch, switch us. I was going to switch back to the regular fixture ticker, but I don't think we really need to now. Um I just thought it'd be interesting because because we mentioned it there in terms of free hit eighteen. Um, for those of you who listened last week, we kind of just dis- we discussed free hit eighteen in a lot of detail on the podcast last week, 
and why that might why it might be good, why it might be less valuable later in the season. So we won't go over that again. But I guess my questions for you, Ben, with regards to that are like how team dependent is free hit eighteen? Um is is it massively dependently on the players you own, or is it more that there's it's clearly the most optimal or it, or not the right thing to do? No, it depends on your team. It's, it's not clear, clearly the best thing to do, I don't think. And uh, yeah, it depends on how many of the like key players you've got from that week already, like Villa and Newcastle, Tottenham, and whether you can carry them all the way through to the game week eighteen without without like hurting your starting eleven too much. Whether you can just like hide them on the bench when they've got difficult fixtures. I suppose Dan Byrne being injured does slightly favour the free hit 18 strategy if you've got mm. Dan Byrne because you're selling a player who would have had a good fixture in game week 18. But for me now, I've just um, run a solve on FPL review on the recommended settings where you, you put the is it the de- decay value up to 1.01 and you put the info value to zero and the, the FT value to zero. And I think it's only like 10 points gained for me at the minute. So it's, mm. it's not enough. I'd, I'd want it to be 15 points. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, and I guess for, as you mentioned, it's team dependent. Like you, you touched on Dan Byrne there. Are there any other just assets in particular that are just absolutely key to that decision, do you think? Um, like, for example, Arsenal well, and Liverpool play each other. Uh, and if you free hit it, presumably yeah. you wouldn't own any players from those teams. So is it people who by then are like to have triple Arsenal, triple Liverpool that should be considering it more? I guess so. But even without even if you're not free hitting FPL if you're still pushing like get Gabriel this week and mm, his true. fixes are so good it's not a reason it's not a reason to not to not get their players um you, you'd still be fine playing with Saka and, and Salah in that week but you just wouldn't want too many of them I guess you'd, you, you wouldn't want your defenders to, to have to play in that fixture so yeah you just sell Gabriel in, in week 18 if, if it needs to be um and yeah, Tsimikas, mm. I'd sell him as well in game week 17, I suppose. I haven't, I, I can check what what the what FPL review souls are doing. If I'm not free hitting, let's have a look. Plan B, um, Tsimikas comes out in 16 or 17, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it comes out and, oh no, he's, he's staying on my bench in, He's staying in my eleven in game week eighteen, even in even, even with a tough fixture, he's still wow. in my eleven. That, that's yeah. what FPL review is doing. So that is <laughs> a bit surprising, but maybe things will change as we get closer to the fixture. Yeah. What time like typically do you think people need to make that decision by? Like three or four game weeks before free hit eighteen, for example? Or is it a case of when you uh, when it starts to change your transfer plans in terms of if you run a solve with it and with and without a free hit? Is it as simple as that or do you think Yeah, that's right. The sooner the better or I would just keep 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 running the solves and if, if the non free hit plan is similar to the free hit plan then you don't need to decide. But when they no. start getting a lot a lot different then you you have to make a decision. Like for me, I don't think I need to decide until game week fourteen or fifteen. But right now I'm thinking that I won't I won't free hit then. Um it's kind of maybe it's a, a safe play and you're just banking the maybe it might be 14 or 15 EV for you by that point and mm. you're just hoping that nothing crazy happens at the end of the 
the season with like unexpected double game weeks or the games get rescheduled in a way that that makes a good double game week to free hit in as well as a good good one for bench boosting which which could happen Um, but i don't know i guess it's kind of like a safe conservative play to to free hit maybe it's too conservative because you're not really getting as much ev as you as you'd want from your your free hit chip yeah yeah sure um but yeah we'll see we'll see in the next few weeks i'm sure in four or five weeks time um uh yeah we'll be doing a game week 18 free hit specific episode and maybe a couple of us or or um maybe even all four of us will end up on free hit 18 who knows who knows um great um what i wanted to do for the rest of the episode is i put together some tables just for each position so defenders midfielders uh, and forwards I've put within those tables the players who I think are most FPL relevant. So there'll be some names you don't see in there um, that may be higher in terms of EV, but just didn't make the table in terms of I don't think they're that relevant to FPL at the moment. Um, And on that table, I've got their EV over the next seven game weeks. So up until um, game week uh, 19, I think that is, um, or game week 18, sorry. Um, I've got their, um, for this defender one first, I've got their team. Uh, non, non-penalty XG conceded this season so far. I've then got their non-penalty XG I um, over the last year uh, and then also the same but for just this season. Again, you can compare those and kind of get an idea of what might or might not be sustainable. And also next to the EV on the right, you can see their expected minutes. Uh, this data is all from FPL Review um, and uh, it, uh, they very kindly let us, let us share this data so we, we've asked to share it and so yeah massive thanks to them um, uh, well so I say to them to him it's one guy who does it which is, makes it even more incredible um, for um, giving us access to uh, be able to share the data as well so firstly in terms of defenders um, for those listening TAA is right at the top of this list I won't read out everyone but I mean do you think he's a player that realistically anyone will actually own Ben <laughs> given his price um, over the next um, few weeks I think there's one or two people who own him already who are who didn't go without didn't go with Haaland on on wild card and just use that money to get um Alexander yeah. Arnold but um, I think I think Luke might actually now, now I think about it yeah yeah he's he's pricey isn't he he's, he's less good value than he has been in previous years but yeah you know, so his non penalty xgi is 0.4 from the last 365 days but it's dipped a bit in this season specifically is 0.31 so yeah not but maybe as not as good as it, as it has been but yeah just again this is all affected by things like short-term fixtures as well um and i guess we know like in general liverpool's defense is nowhere near what it was a couple of seasons ago which is why i think trent over the last couple of seasons hasn't been nearly as owned as he was previously because you don't just have the bread and butter of clean sheet points either um yeah we're not i'm not surprised to see him top but yeah for 7.9 you're paying a big price for that um, and I just think, I, th- I think it potentially is viable, like you said, for certain people who, um, yeah, if, the, if if you've only got one of Salah and Haaland, it becomes viable. But if even if you're in that position, you're probably trying to work out when you buy back Haaland or buy back Salah. And that might make it tricky to own Trent. But he's one to consider if you're in that position. I don't think there's anything like loads more we need to say in him, to be honest, um, because he's not going to be in a lot of people's thoughts. Um, Trippi is next on the list. 26.3 EV over the next seven game weeks. Um, that's with his X-Men's at 88. Um, I think with Trippier, I think I think a few people sold him even last week, actually, before he played Arsenal. And it might be a case of that was the right time to do it. I think he's quite a comfortable hold at the moment. Um, 
I don't know, do you think the changes in Newcastle defence change that, Ben? And do you own Trippier? No, I don't own Trippier. I uh, went with a wildcard team with, with Haaland, so I couldn't afford mm-hmm. Trippier. Um, I think he's like, probably don't sell, don't don't buy at the minute. Because mm-hmm. um, he has Chelsea Man United coming up after the international break. And then maybe you could buy him in game week 17 ahead of the, the run of three great fixtures. Um, or even game week 15 if you think Everton away is a good fixture. But yeah, it's, I wouldn't buy him now. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I don't. I think he's a don't buy, don't sell, basically. But yeah, great asset if if, if you still have him. And just, I mean, I was on. I went on um, uh, Burning Questions, the F, F, uh, Fantasy Football Scout podcast with FPL Harry on Tuesday, and we discussed this a bit. But yeah, Newcastle's defense is very much the real deal now. We know that from this season so far in terms of their numbers, but we've got an entire the entirety of last season as well. That might be changed with the injuries, but. Yeah, it's not just his attacking outfit. He also plays for one of the best defences in the league. So, yeah, he's, he's a great asset. Um, yeah, Newcastle are the second best team in the league, aren't they? According to, um, what's the podcast that I listen to? The Double Pivot podcast, the two like oh, yeah. professional stats people. And they were saying it's like a debate between Newcastle and Liverpool as to who's the, the second well, best team in the league. Because mm-hmm. we, we obviously smashed Sheffield United 8-0, but those, those kind of results on like a one-off in Newcastle we, we regularly smash teams yeah yeah so what well, do you do you, do you think Newcastle will finish I guess that's not accounting for the fact that they've got to play Champions League football for example like like surely like I don't think Newcastle is anywhere near second personally but do you mm, maybe but I think fifth is the most likely <laughs> yeah yes yeah. like looking at the, the bookies give us uh, saying we're gonna we're gonna come fifth um mm. I guess the odds might have changed recently since Tottenham's injuries and their like crisis and defence. They could slip back a bit, but I'd back us to finish like fourth or fifth. Yeah, yeah. But even if you went ahead, ahead of Villa, that's that's the main thing. Yeah, 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 definitely. But yeah, but that's very different to the question of who's been the best team in the league so far this season, though. Um, yeah, yeah, no, interesting. Um, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to move on to Arsenal because um, yeah, Saliba and Gabriel again both near the top of this list. Um, Midweek, there was some. This happens all the time. There were some rumours that Gabriel was going to be benched in the Champions League, and everyone was panicking and arguing over whether that was a good or a bad thing for his minutes. It turned out he played. Does that impact your thinking at all with regards to Gabriel's minutes moving forwards, whether he plays or not in the Champions League? Um, or do you see it as irrelevant or a positive that he played? I see it as a, a positive that he played. Like yeah. centre backs, and um, most of the time, centre backs don't need rest at all. But maybe they need like one or two rests every every couple of months and he, he got his rest against Sheffield yeah. United. I didn't see those rules about him being about him being benched, but yeah, Arsenal's attack is underwhelmed a bit, but their defence is really solid. Like they're, they're as legit as Newcastle in defence, even better. So they're one of the best in the league, along with Man City and I'm I'm gonna go for Gabriel this week. I think it's that's the simple, obvious decision for me. With a burn injured and exactly enough money to get Gabriel, yeah, I just have to do it. It's miles ahead on my, on my souls of anything keep, else. Keep an eye on the price changes then. Make sure you don't get caught out if you've got these that money. Yeah, I've got an alarm. Got an alarm set on my phone so like <laughs> at ten thirty or I'll go to bed to check the price change. What a life, rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I just really like Gabriel. I mean, there was so much talk of him like being a 
risk, and we discussed this in our Spaces chat last week, um, when Arteta said last week, or the week before last, sorry, that he's just rested because he's played a lot of minutes internationally. I think he's probably just telling the truth. He's got no reason to lie on that at all. Whereas for the first two games of the season when he didn't play, you know, there might have been a rationale for him to lie about it because you know, maybe the, maybe he was potentially going to Saudi or there was a bad relationship there. But you know, if it was just that if it was tactical rather than giving him a rest, he would just say it was tactical. So I wouldn't be concerned about that. And I think Gabriel will play the majority moving forwards. Maybe he misses like one game in the next like eight or nine would be my guess or something like that. But yeah, it's also the fact his price has dropped so much now just makes him so viable. He's got aerial threat. I mean, if you look at this, he's only his non penalty XGI, which is almost entirely XG with a player like Gabriel. Is only 0.03 per 90 this season. Last year, over the last year, it's been 0.1, and um, and I think last season in the Premier League it was something like 0.4, 0.5. Sorry, 0.14 or 0.15. The point where you're expecting him to get a goal every like eight or nine games. So yeah, so his like his attacking threat makes him just yeah better than Saliba as well. I couldn't I couldn't believe how they priced him cheaper than Ben White at the beginning of the season to be honest. Um, and I'd be very confident buying Gabriel now. Um, one player <laughs> I wanted to discuss that we've not discussed for a while is Reese James because obviously he's just come back. Um, it'll make people shudder just hearing that name, to be honest, um, if they owned him at the beginning of the season and if they've owned him in general over the years. Um, I mean, are you one of those people, Ben, like me, who's just always tempted by him whenever he's fit? Or are you more nervous because you know how, how constantly he gets injured? Um well, that's what transfers are for, aren't they? We can we can transfer him out when he gets injured. But did you start with him this season? Not well? like I think I did. I can I forget about my team's money in the season, but I think I started yeah. with him. But like, you're not going to buy him going into these this run of fixtures right now. But you can just see how he does. See if he's being subbed off early in every game, or if he's gradually increasing his minutes, and then look to bring him in. I guess game week sixteen would be the point to bring him in, and then he's. he's He's got a pretty good fixture in game week 18 and it's it's a good run of fixture all the way from 16 to mm. 21, 24-ish. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I also just, yeah, I, I just think with a player like him, if I just wonder if like now's the time to do it. And I know, because essentially when, he, when his fixtures turn good, like you just said, then game week 15, 16, again, there's still... A lot of fixture congestion in general and I just wonder if that point yeah having players like Simicass and Gabriel whether I'll want to go for him but yeah it's a decision we can delay anyway because I don't think anyone's looking to buy him this week uh, of course um, as well um, and another player that's probably worth discussing right now because I've just seen a bit of news actually um, that's just come through uh, on my phone is um, Stupinan so Milner's actually just gone off after eight minutes in their game this evening so I'm presuming that's an injury now Milner, does he fill in at left back sometimes as well, or is he just does he just fill in at right back? I'm not sure actually. Um, but either way, we'll we'll discuss the stupid man anyway. Yeah, he has played left back. In fact, that's where he was playing tonight. Yeah, he Veltman right back, Milner yeah. left back. So that's a player who plays in a stupid man's position. Gone off. <laughs> it almost feels like there's just the stars are aligning to buy him. Yeah, and they they must think that Estupinan isn't quite ready because mm. Gilmore's come come on for Milner. And obviously Gilmore is a midfielder, so Gross will, will Gross shift back fullback. to left back tonight with yeah Gross at fullback. Uh, so I guess you can is, you can uh, look at that two ways, can't you? Like Stupinan's not ready to play eighty-two minutes or whatever he was needed for. Uh, yeah. But at the, the, the same time, he's on the bench, so they're obviously expecting to play some minutes. 
yeah, there. I mean, there are multiple ways you can read it. We've discussed it briefly, briefly already with going through the fixtures, um, for Brighton. But have you considered a Stupinan uh, at all, or is it? You know, if let's say you had five million to spend rather than the money for Gabriel, would you be considering him this week? Because it's not just that he's back; it's also that he's back probably to play Sheffield United. Or you just, again, how confident are you that he starts this weekend? I guess you want to wait and see what the next press conference is and and what Deserby says, but yeah. He, he did seem like he he said that he was saving him for Sheffield United, so I would, I guess I'd be tempted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good fixture, the best fixture. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, they're just hundred percent the main team to target. I've seen a lot of people actually going for Dunk, um, or considering Dunk as well. And again, similarly to Gabriel, we know he has goal threat. That's been even higher um, this season as well. He takes free kicks as well, which is. I think he scored one free kick in his career <laughs> and then takes all free kicks for Brighton. Um, so you've got that additional goal threat as well as from corners. Um, so yeah, I think I think Dunk's a good buy, like potentially better five. I just don't know if I'd go for him, to be honest. I'd probably at that point just find the extra 0.2 to go for Saliba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think Brighton's defence is a bit like worse than it was last year? I think I got, got the idea that that was the case. Mm. Um, they don't have, they've sold a Caicedo and McAllister and I think they're just the games are more open and so you, you you're less likely to get clean sheets out of them even in the the good looking fixes. Yeah, potentially. But then if you actually look, I'm just getting up FB FB ref now. Um, so league tables sorted by um, let's have a look. If we if we sort it by xg or non penalty xg conceded, uh, Brighton are they're mid table basically. Yeah, and their number yeah. Non penalty XG conceded per ninety is one point two nine, whereas last season that was one point three one. So it's actually I think there's probably a bit of okay. a uh, maybe a bit of a narrative there that's kind of like emerged about Brighton because in, there's been a couple of games where they've conceded loads of goals. Um, yeah, so so I wonder if actually that's a bit of a narrative and actually defensively they're probably pretty similar to last season. So that's something to look out for, I guess, when you're making decisions. That it, it, they're pretty much similar to last season so far. In terms of defence, um, but you're right. They did. They obviously did use lose key key players, but it's something we've said in the past a lot about Deserby, which again makes us nervous about him rotating players. As he's one of these managers that's very much a, I guess, like a system manager. He's very happy just throwing players into his system and plays the same way every time. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I don't think the defence is much worse, but I just wouldn't consider Dunk because of that. You can just get Saliba for 0.2 more and just get a far better uh, defence. Or even, I think I'd probably even just prefer Gabriel, to be honest, um, as well. Um, yeah, I guess like the, another player on this list I kind of wanted to discuss briefly. We've already touched on Cash, so we won't touch on him again. Uh, was Simicas, because I saw you tweet, Ben, asking like, what do people think the reason is for Gomez being... Um, rotated in for him kind of what conclusion did you land at after kind of like reading those replies and thinking about that a bit more in terms of why Gomez came yeah, in my, and whether, we're, whether we'd like to see that again yeah my initial thought was was because of the the physicality of, of Lucen and that's that's their main strength is set pieces and stuff and Gomez is just gonna be much better defending those than Samikas um I guess that's the reason and maybe Klopp thought it was an easier fixture and he'd, he'd rest Samikas I Samikas is starting tonight in a in a heavily rotated team, but it'd be a worry if Samikas was benched two games in a row. Like you wouldn't want him to be. So I'm a bit concerned about Samikas. The Brentford game, 
they're also good at set pieces but i think he's he's more likely to start than not i'd give him like a 70 percent chance of starting against benford yep yeah um and i guess i don't know it's, it's hard to read because uh he obviously came on against luton didn't they but then the scenario was that uh they needed a goal whereas they might not be in that situation whereas you'd expect them to normally be ahead and therefore maybe he doesn't come off the bench and also gomez had played 90 minutes midweek as well so maybe that was partly the thinking but it's a, it's a tricky one like it could be partly just the general physicality could be defending set pieces um and yeah obviously playing brentford brentford actually you know obviously very good from set pieces but also pretty direct they play really good yeah, football the, but that doesn't that, good, counter, football, yeah. good football doesn't always mean playing short passing and what kind of initially comes to mind like they're very direct towards um their forward players so yeah maybe that's a reason we say go see gomez play again instead i, I really wouldn't be that surprised and in terms of for me, that's why I'm potentially making a transfer that allows me to use my second transfer to upgrade Kabore rather than to take out someone like Cash for Gabriel. Um, so yeah, I think that definitely should come into thinking. But we'll see a lot. If, if I mean, if Gomez starts this weekend, we'll see a lot of people start to sell Simicas because although you can say like he's so cheap, it's fine. Like you still don't, like don't really want to own him <laughs> if he's not going to be playing regularly anyway. Uh, and if he's risking, you know, you start him and then he ends up coming off the bench. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out over the next couple of weeks anyway. Yeah, um, yeah anything to add before we move on to midfield? Is there anything to add on defenders, uh, Ben? Well, you can see there's, again, as there's the West Ham defence is it's just worrying. They're one of the teams who have been yeah. much worse defending this, this year than last year. So I'm concerned about that, especially as in... Ariola owner, but actually, as a Morgan Gibbs White owner, that's another reason that I just have yeah. to keep the faith with Gibbs White because he's playing <laughs> playing West Ham this weekend. Well, that's a nice little segue because we're moving to midfielders now. I guess because you mentioned him, I guess Morgan Gibbs White is in the same category as Gordon. I mean, they're exactly the same price, and Palmer who's a little bit cheaper. Um, I just wasn't sold on Gibbs White at all. Uh, you know, when I initially um, put this list together, I was like, oh, do I put him in? And then I looked at the EV and looked at his fixtures and thought, actually, yeah, why not? Like the fact he's on penalties as well just adds so much to a player. And I, I, yeah, I prefer him to Gordon, to be honest. Um, like you said, Gordon will play up top this week, um, this weekend. So if people need a, a, a cheap midfielder, maybe they go for him. But again, do we know that that's going to add that much value to him, him playing as a striker if he does play there anyway? And yeah, in, in general, like Gibbs White, just he seems to have very nailed minutes as well. It's not just the fact he's on penalties. When did when did you get him? Was that on wildcard? Yeah. Then in in eight, you've had him since. Got him on wild wildcard, yeah, wildcard, yeah. Because FPL review loved him, and then there was a, bit, a few doubts about his minutes because he got a rest in game week seven. But mm. I think Steve Cooper's comments made it seem like it's just a one-off rest, and he's he's getting ninety minutes every week. I suppose he got eighty-two minutes a couple of weeks ago, but he's just not putting up the the stats. But watching the games, he is like on the back post hanging there waiting for yeah. the ball to come across for like a, a tap he, I don't know if that sounds like a, a bad way to look at it or unbiased but like no, he could important. get a goal even though he's got no XG and no XA at all in the last couple of games you just you think you wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised if he did manage to get a, an attacking return yeah this yeah, weekend. yeah well that's the kind of thing that data won't just pick up on yeah if a player doesn't even get their toe to the ball but has a chance it's not going to be recorded as expect uh, as any any xg um yeah and in fact they're looking at his fixtures they're good all the way up until i guess brighton's not great in 13 but 12 14 um 
15, 16, 18, good. Yeah, like apart, they've got Spurs and then Newcastle, but they don't have any of the huge teams in that time period. So, like, I think it's an easy hold. And I think it's a similar situation to there are a lot of people who don't have Mbwemo and they're trying to decide, trying to decide, or do I just buy Mbwemo now? Mbumo, sorry. Do I just buy him now? Or do I get, for example, Matoma for two weeks, attack the fixtures and then make the switch? I feel like it's similar with like, um, people know they're going to want Palmer, for example, from game week 15. And I think if people are wanting a cheap midfielder, they've got to make a decision of, do they just commit to Palmer now? Hope he gets a couple of penalties and bad fixtures. Or do they just go for someone like Gibbs White and chase the upside of those more short-term fixtures? I think that's probably the decision to be made for those people. Yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend actually buying Gibbs White now because no. it's just he's just painful to own, but <laughs> I can't really justify selling him. Um, yeah, Palmer's the one that you want as a non-owner, but the fixtures are very tough. Yeah. Um, so I don't think, I, I don't think I'd buy him now. I don't think I'd buy him now. I think, for, I think yeah, you can you buy him one of those ben- from 14, I think you can buy him. But, yeah, one know. of those Brentford or... Or Bryson midfielders, or, or Eze as well. That's mm-hmm. probably the best options for cheap midfielders right now. Yeah, and it d- depends what. Yeah, yeah. It, it it depends kind of what other transfers you need to do urgently. If there are plenty you need, to, there's plenty you need to do. And you've got, for example, Udoki injured, maybe Poro as well, Madison, and you had that triple up, for example. You probably just go straight to Palmer if that's the route you're going down. But to be honest, for Madison owners, they've got the money to spend anyway. So we'll move on to those midfielders. Um. I guess if I guess if you were selling Madison, like would you just go straight in for like Martinelli, for example, or Saka? Um or if you didn't own Mbumo, would you go for just Mbumo straight away, for example? Hmm. So yeah, I suppose if you've got you'd have a good use of the money in transfer soon if you go for Mbumo over then then Mbumo is like better value for money. But if you've got nothing to do with the extra money, then you may as well uh, Martinelli or, or Saka if you can afford him mm-hmm. Saka's got a bit of a knock hasn't he and like yeah, I don't know about his minutes for this week but then it's the international break and you'd expect him to be fine after, after that um, but Martinelli's a, a good option for, for this week yeah interestingly actually um, so yeah two things so in, in the last literally in the last hour or so if you look at review and the data in terms of odds Martinelli's like had a massive boost um it might be to do with we speculated maybe that was something to do with Inketia not playing this weekend and that someone like Trossard for example playing centre forward being better for the midfielders in terms of creativity um, so, so yeah I guess it could be that but yeah that is interesting particularly in terms of his price in comparison to Saka uh, and if Saka's out and Erdegaard's still out for example like, I guess that increases the chance of Martinelli taking a penalty as well um, like that, it's, that suddenly mm-hmm. could happen Um so maybe maybe that's playing played into it as well. And another thing I was going to mention is that Southgate had like his press conference today after announcing the England squad. Uh, I think he mentioned Saka and Madison. In fact, or or are they just in the squad? I can't remember now. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure they're both called up. Um, so that kind of suggests that yeah, neither of those injuries are long term anyway, based on what they know at the moment, particularly in terms of Saka, because it happened more more recently. Just let me quick look now at the uh, the squad because I just had a chance to glance at it earlier. Um, there it is. Uh, yeah, both in the squad, which which is interesting. I th- I still think Madison's a sell for those um, 
those people who have him because it's kind of this you know he's going to almost definitely miss this weekend and then he's got tough fixtures anyway so it just seems like a nat- natural time to just switch to an Arsenal midfielder anyway yeah I'd agree with that um, do you have any love for so these mid-priced ones I guess so in that category I guess we put Eze, Matoma, Gross um, maybe go even all the way up to, to Bowen are there, are there any there that you kind of particularly prefer or would be cautious about then well, Gross's minutes do seem pretty good. Like he's playing mm. 90 minutes or 80 plus in every game, but he, he could be filling in at left back occasionally. Uh, Eze has been been good this year. I mean, he's like had a, a leap in his, his XG and everything in, in Zaha's absence. Like he's he's a pretty good option, I think. He wasn't great in terms of points. I think from people owned him from the beginning, I think he got no. one re- he got like one return. But yeah, he was a frustrating player to own. Like his underlying data was fine, yeah. similar to what you'd expect, similar to last season even. Um, but it's, yeah, it's the underlying fact data. Well, not point not point five five non penalty oh, XG plus X, oh, XA. Than last season, yeah, it's quite quite a big big jump because he was not point three seven last year. So yeah, he's, he's doing well. Last yeah, last three six five days, so all competition he was not point four three. So yeah, it's just one of those things you've got to if if you owned it as a previously and you're considering him now, you've got to try and just ignore the fact that he was frustrating to own in the past and look at the data. And yeah, it's just, it's just penalties as well adds a lot, doesn't it? Um, and he had those quite a lot last season anyway with Zaha being was it last season uh, Zaha was injured or was yeah he only left the Premier League didn't he in the summer? Um, yeah, and 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 that just adds so much to him in terms of value. And he's come back in the perfect time for good fixtures. So yeah, it's between Eze, Matoma and Gross for me. The interesting thing with Matoma and Gross is like on review, their EV is really close. But I don't know what how that looks in terms of like penalty split, for example. So um, we know that Gross is the main penalty taker. But then since Jao Pedro's joined, he's taken two penalties. And for one of those, Gross was on the pitch. So it seems like Jao Pedro is the main penalty taker. So actually how you read his minutes... Actually, probably makes a difference for how you read Gross's. If you're convinced that Jao Pedro is not going to play this weekend, suddenly that means that Gross is almost definitely on penalties based on your opinion. And that probably puts him ahead of Matoma. And yeah, you might have a different opinion in terms of yeah him potentially filling him at wing-back as well. So um, yeah, I think it's a lot closer between those two than people maybe might think because they don't hear Gross mentioned much. Uh, and yeah, a lot of that is last season McAllister was on penalties. So when there was a time when everyone owned two of, or maybe even three of March, Matoma, and McAllister and Gross didn't have a look in, but that's yeah, because he wasn't on penalties. If Gross was on penalties last year and McAllister wasn't, it would have been Matoma, March, or Gross we were considering during that time. Um, so I, th- I, def- I definitely think he's one for consideration and he gen- in his one for consideration for me as well uh, with my potential move. Shall we move on to forwards, yeah. Ben? Yeah. I don't think there's much to discuss here, to be honest. I mean, midfields and defenders are interesting because people are transferring out Spurs defenders and and Madison. But with with forwards, I don't think anyone's making a move here. But I thought we might as well touch on it anyway. Um, In terms of this data, if you're not watching, unsurprisingly, Haaland's right at the top in terms of EV. um, And in terms of his underlying data... um, It's, yeah, in in, in fact, it's similar, (laughs) if not a bit higher than last season in terms of his expected assists particularly. Uh, Watkins is second on this list. Wilson's third, who's such an interesting one, because his underlying data is so ridiculous, but he's just never going to play regularly. And, and Isaac's back after the international break, is that right, Ben? Oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. 
I haven't really been keeping up to date on that. But. Yeah, and it doesn't even pair with, with fixtures yeah. as well. It's just not, doesn't feel you, like the time. You to wouldn't get transfer them in now. And, uh, yeah, it's a shame. Just have to wait and see. Killers really want there to be a run where suddenly one of them is injured and they've got a really good run of fixtures, for example. And yeah, they would be no-brainers. Um, yeah, what stood out to me in here actually was Solanke. Like, I couldn't believe, like, his non-penalty XG per 90 this season is 0.39. That's really high, considering he's on penalties as well. And even, like, it, over the last year, it's 0.47 um, XG plus XA um, per 90. So it just... A player like Solanke, yeah, his price is on penalties. I think there'll be a time when we consider him, and maybe that'll be later in the season, or even before Christmas, but later on, uh, when their fixtures get good around Christmas. But yeah, he's not one to consider now, but I just I just had good memories of owning him last, last season, so it's nice to see him on this list. Even above Alvarez, in fact, in terms of EV, um, over the next seven game weeks. But again, a lot of that is just minutes as well. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe Solanke will be an option... If there's like a big injury in game week 12 or over the international mm. break and you've got maybe you have to sell Watkins or Haaland or sell one of the expensive um, midfielders and upgrade Archer because Slanky's got Sheffield United away in, that, in 13 and that um, that begins pretty decent run of fixtures I suppose yeah yeah, nothing too bad Villa, Villa, Villa at home isn't isn't such a bad fixture I don't mm. think he's also exactly the same price as Awaniyi I want you. It's a difficult it. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, exactly the same price, like really similar underlying data, really similar minutes. But Solanke's got penalties, so if it comes down to those two, you're going to go for Solanke. Um, I guess for Alvarez owners, like, do you think he's just in exactly the same position as someone like Trippier now? Like, just don't buy, don't sell him. Like, because their fixtures aren't great. Or do you think, like, for Alvarez, do you think actually owners like could be considering moving him on now? But it just just. <laughs> Just seems such an odd one for a player that's nailed so rarely nailed in a Man City team. Yeah, who's who's the alternative? Because I mean, Villa's fixtures are starting to get a bit tricky. They're, I mean, the, the next three are pretty easy, but then they get tough again. Mm. And if you can just hold Alvarez, I mean, Spurs at home in game week fourteen isn't looking as as difficult now. It looks like a pretty easy fixture if um, Romero and Van der Ven are still out, and then it gets easy again. So. I mean, Man City can still hammer the, the teams like Chelsea away. They could they could rack up a, a good score as well. So I'd, I'd keep him, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I guess the last player I wanted to touch on here was Darwin. Just I just think personally, I just think the time's gone to get him now. Where you know Jot is back, um, um, Gakpo's now playing again. Salah's fit. Um, Diaz. In fact, there was good news today actually that his dad's been released. So that's really good news. And with that, oh, that means good, that. Yeah that means likely he'll play more minutes as well. So I just think with Darwin, I absolutely love typing in when I did this table, his non-penalty XGI over the last year was just exactly one. I enjoyed typing that in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's, it's just mad that his underlying data is like not even just over the short term, like over the last two seasons, it's basically the same as Haaland's, but he just doesn't play minutes and also does complete opposite in terms of finishing big chances. Yeah, but... Yeah, you would, we'd just sell him. When would you start? When would you sell him if you owned him? Because like a few people yeah. do own him. We'd, yeah. Maybe you'd keep him for this last last week, and then international break and Man City away, mm. game week thirteen. That's when you, you might get a rest, or or maybe it's a tough fixture either way. So, you, but then they have really good fixtures after that. So I think you probably keep him this week, but 
I guess if you keep him this week, you've got an easy switch because I guess most people are own Darwin. The chances are they don't own Watkins. Um, so there's a switch yeah. there. But I guess there'll be some... Maybe a lot of the people who own Darwin are the people who don't own Haaland and it's him they have instead. Um, so yeah, yeah, there's probably good reason to keep him or it could be that those people switch to... I know even Alvarez now maybe. Who knows? Maybe... You know, I talked about whether it is viable to, you know, not, well, it wasn't viable to buy or sell him, but maybe that's one of the, one of the uh, few players you own where you actually do switch to Alvarez next week or something. I don't know. It's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in that caught in that loop last season of owning Darwin for ages and just never the right time to sell him. So I had him for so long and he just didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. It could be this, the same story with me and Morgan Gibbs White for the next few <laughs> weeks, but at least Gibbs White isn't, isn't as expensive. Transfer him out in game week 38. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. I think we'll just move on to questions because honestly, in terms of forwards, there's not a lot to discuss, um, really. Um, I've written three down here, so we'll do those ones first. And then I'll just check the Twitter to see if any more have come in. Um, so firstly, from FPL Commander, any concern about Matoma um, struggling against a low block Sheffield United? Ben, how much would you kind of read into that kind of thing? Hmm. I don't know. I think it's been a good fixture for the team so far. They're, they're poor defensively. They're not even good at like executing the low block, block are they? So, you, yeah, you wouldn't be worried, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I just think we put too much emphasis on the idea of teams playing with a low block. Like Generally, they play with a low block because they're playing a really good team and they're a really bad team. That's generally why it happens. Um, and yeah. In terms of struggling to break down a low block, that can happen, and obviously team can, teams can put in really good defensive performances. But Matoma against Sheffield United is a is the best possible fixture, to be honest. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be concerned about yeah. that. Mark J eighty five says asked if we got any thoughts on Kudos. Um, I think he asked that because we mentioned I mentioned him on the podcast I was on on Tuesday, and I kind of mentioned the fact I hadn't really thought about him. Um, yeah, having had more time to think about him now. Um, yeah, I just wouldn't go for him. Just there's just not enough long term data for me to trust, um, uh, to 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 put trust in owning him. Even though he's looked really good for the last two, and I just again with him being a fairly new signing, he's only started the two games in a row. Before that, he wasn't even starting regularly, so I would just be nervous about his minutes, and would just go for, would just go for an alternative player. Yeah, any, any particular thoughts on? Yeah, him, I agree. Uh, yeah. I agree with that. He's he's a good player to watch, but maybe yeah. he's not going to be consistent with the returns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the third question we have, a bit more trivial. And in fact, I'll read out Seb's answer first because he actually answered it on Twitter, um, even though he's not on the podcast this week. Um, the question is from the FPL store. Which current Premier League manager are you guys most similar to as, FP, as FPL managers, either tactically or emotionally? Seb said Graham Potter. Uh, he said not not current. I know, but I'd also be in, but I'd also be instantly uncurrent myself. Uh, the only reason is that we both love to rack up XG Delta above all else and nothing more. I think that's a good good comparison. Um, for me, probably just Guardiola because I'm world class. Um, <laughs> uh, that was a joke, by the way. Uh, I was thinking about this. I th- I think probably. I'm pretty, um, yeah, I guess I'm quite set in my ways in terms of the right way to play FPL. And I just put little to no value on the eye test, for example. And just, 
look at underlying data, use a model, adjust expected minutes and just trust the process. And Big Ange very much has a process and a way of playing. Even when they're down to nine men, he does exactly the same thing uh, and is patient with his system. And usually that patience is, is also my uh, downfall as well <laughs> in being too patient with players. And a lot of people argue that's what Ange did on Monday is that just playing that ludicrous high line gave them absolutely no hope. <laughs> um, although it was very entertaining to watch. I've never, never seen anything like it. Um, any thoughts for you, Ben? Just trying to think, like, who's the most, like, emotionally dead manager who doesn't, like, get too <laughs> high or too too low? Maybe Eddie Howe is just steady and yeah, steady yeah, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't react too much. Yeah. Emotionally dead's not a very nice way of putting it. <laughs> Can't. No, but, I mean, compared to, a lot, compared to the rest of the FPL managers in the community, I... I don't get get as uh, upset about things going against me as, as most people. I suppose sure. amongst the analytics community, that's kind of normal, isn't it? Probably more normal. Yeah, probably more normal. Um, yeah, I don't know who Luke would say. We can just say Pep for Luke, to be honest, because he, um, he picks his team for him, it seems like, some weeks. Um, great. We did, have a, we did have another few questions that just came through on Twitter as well, just this evening. Um, one was about free hit 18. Uh, we've already covered that, so we won't answer that one. Uh, Righty FPL asks, how bad do you think rotation will be over game week 14 to 16, and how can we, we best manage it? The deadlines fall within seven days, the 2nd, 5th, and 9th of December, and there's Europe the midweek after. Are players not called Bruno, Bruno Fernandes all doomed for a benching and or early subs? Can we even trust Salah during that period? Um, yeah, thoughts on that, Ben? It depends on whether they've got important European games in the midweeks either side of before 14 and after 16 and like and how deep the squad is so Newcastle they can't they haven't got a deep squad they can't afford to rest Liverpool will be through in Europe I think after tonight and then so Salah should be able to rest in the European nights and having one midweek game is is fine I think if you if you're not playing every midweek, just having the one midweek game in, in the Premier League is is okay. But mm. yeah, you'd expect Man City to play like heavily rotated teams in the in the Champions League because they're basically through now. They just need a draw against Leipzig. Um, yeah, and it depends on how how like difficult the Premier League games are as well. I'm just looking at them. Um, what do you think? Um... Yeah, I think I think because of what you mentioned about in with regards to City, probably already been qualified by then. I wouldn't be too worried about them. I think we could see a similar situation probably uh, with Liverpool and West Ham. Um, so that's in terms of Champions League fi- fixtures. With regards to the midweek Premier League games, yeah, I think we will see rotation. I think, to be honest, I think more and more if you go back over the years, like we see that more and more every season. To be honest, more teams are having squads with bigger depth with more depth and putting more value on that for that reason and more likely to rotate. So yeah, there probably will be some, but I also think in some, in some ways it might be easier because we've got Archer who's 4.5 and plays every week. Um, so he's an option that could, um, you know, we all, the majority of us have on our benches anyway, players like even like Kabore seems to be playing pretty regularly now for Luton. So I actually think there's a lot of people who already have good um, bench depth as well at the moment. And if you don't, maybe that's just something to uh, consider with your transfers at the moment. Um, yeah. uh, uh, Newcastle this is from uh, Bano B. Mitty FPL 
Um, Newcastle or Brentford, which side is better for the Christmas schedule? Well, thinking ahead. <laughs> Newcastle, Brentford, Christmas. Christmas schedule. is right. Eighteen. I think it's it's Newcastle. It's Newcastle, isn't it? Let's let's have a look. I'm Newcastle's got Fulham, like, Fulham losing against, and then and then Forest, and then it gets tougher. Um, mm. Brentford have the blank then, so it's got to be Newcastle. Yeah, but they may, maybe they mean for that period afterwards. So. Yeah, definitely Newcastle initially, but then definitely Brentford afterwards because they might have a double game week as well. So yeah, that's something to bear in mind that yeah. there might be a double for Brentford and Man City in either 20 or, or 21. Um, yeah, yeah. Transfer, transfer Newcastle defender to Brentford defender or something, I suppose. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, potentially. Uh, one other question says, are you glad Sterling has got a rest over the international break? <laughs> I think that's aimed at me because that Peter Pete Carter probably knows that I own him. Um, uh, I'm not glad because I want to see him play for England. Actually, I think he's a great footballer, and, and I'm selling him, so it doesn't really matter um, anyway. Um, so yeah, finally, finally selling Raheem Sterling after all this time. I, I bought him, sadly not for his first haul, but I've had had him for his second. All those two hauls we had here back to back in think game week eight and nine or seven and eight or something. Um, and was, yeah, pleased he finally got that assist playing against nine men. I was watching that game against Spurs. Like every time he was through on goal and they just weren't timing the pass. <laughs> so I was glad he at least got something. But it's also kind of frustrating that he kind of got subbed off at 85 minutes because it was like another 15 minutes. And you never know, he might have been the player that went on to get the big hole. But yeah, finally, finally, finally selling him. Um, great. I guess just to finish, Ben, are you, are you captaining Salah uh, this week? Oh, I am. Uh... Oh, yeah, so. yeah, like he's, he's far enough ahead on yeah. FPL review. He's 6.8. I've forgotten. Liverpool are playing Brentford, aren't they? Yeah, Liverpool, um, Brentford, yeah. But Man City yeah. have a tough fixture. Whereas, Chelsea, I think. Yeah, Man City have Chelsea, away, so. Yeah. What about what about Saka then? Saka not an option. He's he's a, he's got a knock, hasn't he? So yeah. if, he, if he was guaranteed 90 minutes, then you, you might consider Saka, but yeah, I suppose it has to be Salah. Has to be yeah. Salah. Um, I don't own Salah. I've, I've still, yeah, I um, haven't haven't bought him because I've not wildcarded basically, and I've not really had the opportunity to. My blues plan, my plan is to buy him in game week fourteen. So this is kind of my kind of last scary, scary week without Salah. But it doesn't actually feel. That's probably famous last words. It doesn't feel too scary, just because it's Brentford this week. Like Luton last week, even though he he was less captain than Haaland, that felt scary because that. Luton's the kind of game where you just know you could get a massive outlier and there's like a 7-0 or something. Whereas Brentford, I'd be surprised if they scored three or four. So I'm not as worried about it this week. And I'll, yeah, I was going to be captain Saka. Um, but I think I'll probably captain Bruno Fernandes now. I think that's my plan. Which seems absolutely wild. And it's, it's quite fun because he's, his ownership's so low that if he... Um, it's basically like 200% on everyone when he's playing. At any points he gets is a massive gain on anyone. But also very worrying and there's this annoying thing that keeps happening where Liverpool keep playing like last on a Sunday so I have to kind of wait for Salah to play I can't get it over and done with early I'd much rather Fernandes played second and I still had hope even if Salah holds um, but yeah there's actually Fernandes on review Fernandes, Rashford, Martinelli and Son are all above all above Haaland this week interestingly and probably Watkins depending where you put Haaland's minutes depending how you've adjusted those but yeah straightforward one I think if you own Salah but it's it's not such an easy fixture because Brentford are pretty good at playing these top sides 
away from home or at home they're like that's their speciality if there's one team who look good on paper but are actually really tough it's it's Brentford yeah 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 true cool um great I think we'll um we'll finish there so yeah thanks for joining me Ben appreciate it and uh so, yeah have, have a good me. have a good rest of your evening and good luck with your decision making and uh thanks. yeah good luck and, to you too. Oh, cheers, mate. Yeah. And uh, to everyone who tuned in or is, who's listening to this back, sorry, we're not live this week. Um, yeah, have a great game week. Uh, all the best. Bye bye. And uh, enjoy the international Enjoy the international break. Got of course. Yeah. Break and try to, <laughs> try to switch off in FPL if you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do try and do that as well. I actually quite like the international break, to be honest, more than most people. Um, but yeah, enjoy everyone. Bye bye.